Uh, we appreciate everybody downloading and tuning into the podcast each and every week. The mailbag address, of course, if you want to send in a question next time, mailbag at gmail.com. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior columnist at sportsradio610.com, John McClain. John, how are you today? Doing great. Thank you very much for asking, Sean. Happy Thanksgiving you- to you and everybody who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, by the time we do... Uh, by the time we well, we got one more this week. We're going to do one tomorrow. We're going to get the next one in early this week, but we had to get a mailbag in. So yes, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, John. I got my very festive Yingling uh, Christmas sweater on. So I'm, they gave it to me yesterday. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm already in the holiday spirit, baby. Yeah, that's a sponsor. You better be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Big time. Um, so, John, let's get into it. We'll we'll do our mailbag here in a minute. You, I know you've got a ton of uh, general news and notes that we're going to get into, but I guess let's just start with this week. I, you know, who who knew at the beginning of the year that we would be circling week twelve here as the a, a date where this is? If you're a Texan fan who's not, you know, who normally went to games, but you went away the last couple years, understandably so and you're looking for a, a jumping back in point, I would say, John, the biggest game between the Jags and the Texans in regular se- in the regular season, maybe in the history of this rivalry, given, you know, it seems like when the Texans have been up, the Jags have been down. When the Jags have been up, the Texans have been down. Now they're both ascending teams with young quarterbacks. The winner of this game is going to be in first place heading into December. This is a pretty good game for people to jump back on board, I would say. Absolutely. I would expect to have the biggest crowd of the season, not take it so, but people who actually show up, I'm always blown away by all the people who buy a ticket and then not use it when so many people would like to go watch them this season. And this is the best, biggest game in team history against the Jaguars. It's also the biggest in Texans at home since the Buffalo wildcard game after the 2019 season. Binko Ryan said, you know, how do you let the players know it's a big deal without making it too big of a deal? Well, the players know exactly how big it is. If they win, they'll be tied for first place and on the tiebreaker, which is basically like beating the Jaguars three times. If Jacksonville wins, they can forget about winning the division because Jaguars will have a two-game lead and a schedule with two teams with winning records, Cleveland, without Deshaun Watson and Baltimore. Both teams have easy schedules uh, from here on out. Yeah. Yeah, John, it's funny. Like the, the Trevor Lawrence this week obviously is a good quarterback, although he's been very up and down this year, coming off one of his best performances as a pro last week against Tennessee. And then Russell Wilson, the Texans play next week, who's been better of late. You know, he's made some plays late in some games here. It's statistically, he's been significantly better than last year. The eye test with Russell Wilson still, to me, he's still not even close to what he was in Seattle. He's not scary at all. Um, but, I mean, John, you got those two quarterbacks both at home, and then you you step into a, a quarterback gauntlet, air quotes, 
for the last five games that looks like something out of a preseason program. Like you've got two Will Levis games. You got a Tim Boyle game against the Jets. You've got whoever's going to be playing for the Browns by Christmas. And then you've got Gardner, Gardner Minshew is the best quarterback you play the rest of the way after Russell Wilson. And the team that should give them the most trouble would be Cleveland. And it's at NRG Stadium because of the Browns' great defense and because they still can run the ball. And I expect them to make playoffs. And uh, But it's it's there for the taking for the Texans. I still can't believe it. They've already doubled my prediction. of No, equal my prediction. Six victories. They've got six. Most since they've had since 2019. First three-game winning streak since 2018. First running back to go back-to-back in triple digits since Lamar Miller in 2018. They are making team history. Yeah, no doubt. And C.J. Stroud's at the center of all of it. He's been amazing this year. The receiving core has been so much better than the experts expected them to be. I, I think I, I think they're they're better than I expected them to be, but I expected them to be way better than the experts thought just because you and I were out at every practice at training camp and we're watching Tank Dell get open seemingly at will and Nico Collins continuing to do make his ascent. I think the thing we've learned, is John, is that C.J. Stroud early on in his career here is one of those quarterbacks where – you got quarterbacks that need playmakers, and then you have quarterbacks that make playmakers. C.J. Stroud thus far has been a quarterback who makes playmakers. Last two games, he's been a turnover machine with six, and they've still won both games. Every coach will tell you going into a game, you got to win the turnover battle. Well, he's had six by himself, and they've still won both games. So as long as Stroud's in the game making big plays, they got a chance to overcome any negativity and any odds. Yeah, I mean, that speaks to how good he is on all the other plays when he's not turning the ball over, right? Like that they lose the turnover battle at Cincinnati and then home to Arizona, uh, who I know is two and nine now, but with Kyler Murray, that's not a two and nine football team. That's a, that's a, that is a competitive football team. Um, that they lose the turnover battle in both of those two games, John, that to me is like one of the things that has me the most excited is the Texans aren't one of those teams anymore, it would appear where you know we go into Thursday and Friday analyzing the game going well if they win the turnover battle and well if they don't if they commit fewer penalties and uh you know if they get some invisible yards in the return game then maybe they've got a chance to pull off this upset like no the Texans are they are a football team that they they've got they've got artillery i mean they've got firepower you know if they just got to if they don't make mistakes then you're going to be forced to get into a shootout with the Houston Texans one thing they can't do against Jacksonville Screw up the running game. I don't care if Damian Pierce is 100% singletary. needs to be the starter after his terrific performances in the last two games and let Pierce come off the bench. Yeah, that's a key for me. I'm going to do TV after you and I get done with the podcast, uh, Texans Extra Points. And we do – I know you've done that show hundreds of times, and you do two keys to the game. And one of my big keys offensively is Bobby Slowick's feel for the running game. You know, like knowing – if he's got a hot hand, knowing what you just said, that Singletary, this offense has moved to the running game, has moved better with Singletary. And then even independent of that, just his feel for what to do in short yardage, which was not good in the last game. <laughs> Fourth and two with Mike Boone. Third and one with with Andrew Beck. Can't, we can't have any more of that. You know, Don't overthink these third and one, fourth and two type situations. So it's an exciting time, John. As far as just news around the Texans, Desmond King is back. What are your thoughts on that? He's on the practice squad now. Not much. He didn't do squat with the Steelers after they cut him the first time. And I'm thinking, okay, did they have too many 
players as it was, but they were very critical of him up there that he had an opportunity, but he just didn't produce. But he did well in camp. He did well in preseason. We were everybody was surprised when he got cut. Steelers jumped on him, got him, and uh, uh, I think uh, based on the moves Nick Casario's making, like uh, getting DeAndre, uh, uh, what's his name? Houston, Houston Carson, Houston Carson off of Baltimore's practice squad after he'd had a cup of coffee here. And he started the last two games and made a lot of big plays. Played well, wouldn't surprise me at all. Desmond King doesn't come back and make some plays for a defense that he has a little familiarity with. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. John, the other big news that just came down within minutes of you and I recording this, I don't know if you saw this, that the Colts released, they waived uh, Shaquille Leonard, the artist formerly known as Darius Leonard. Uh, so he's got to go through waivers now. He's a veteran guy on a second contract, but that being a free agent, being a veteran guy, that's that's for the beginning of the year. Once the trade deadline hits, everybody's got to go through waivers first. Do you, do you think somebody puts in a waiver claim? And if you were the Texans, would you put in a waiver claim? No, he's a vested veteran. Don't you get to claim, go where you want to go if you're a vested veteran? I think you have to go through waivers. If, you, if, it's, if it's waivers after a certain time. date, you got to go through waivers. Well, yeah. he's owned a lot of money, and uh, I would not see the Texans if linebackers have been playing really well. Uh, plus, he hadn't done squat since his back surgery. He's been bad, yeah. He'd still yeah. be there if he could play and he can't play. Or they yeah. would be using him. A team that's 5-5 five and five without its quarterback, getting rid of a guy that before his back surgery was one of the best in the NFL, I don't, I don't see it. And a big enough franchise staple for Jim Irsay to put out a statement about letting him go. You know, like that's they, – they you're right, John. That's a guy that you would have done everything you could to hang on to the guy just because of what he's meant to the franchise the last – five or six years, but man, that boy, the Darius Leonard, that, that star fizzled out quick. Boy, he was, he, he was a beast when he came into the league back in, was it 2018? I think it was him and Quentin Nelson were in the same draft class back. He was all pro his first year, not just pro ball. Yeah, man. It's a cautionary tale, I guess.